This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, it's Casper. And Becky. From the DFWTO podcast. If you've been a longtime listener, you know how much mental health means to us. Mental health actually plays a role in many horror films, especially the final girl subgenre. Whether it's Nancy facing her nightmares and defeating Freddy, or Sydney taking out Ghostface to overcome the trauma of and avenge her mother's death. Not only are horror movies a huge comfort to Casper and I, so is putting our mental health first. And if you agree and you're searching for professional services, let BetterHelp be your guide. BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist who can help you start your journey of self-awareness and discovery. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient for any type of schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get yourself matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just like the final girls that triumph over evil, triumph over your trauma with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DFWTO and save 10% off your first month when you sign up today. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-F-W-T-O. And remember, guys, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Now let's get into the episode. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And you guys, we have another fantastic interview lined up today. Very excited about this one. Um, we have Marie and I am so... I am a terrible person. What is the your name? Marie Lauren. Marie Lauren, okay. Um, and we have her from The Uncanny. She uh, was the, she helped write it. She helped direct it. She was also the lead actress. She did everything. No, 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 no. the director is my daughter, Clara. Oh, Clara is the director. I'm sorry. I'm messing it all up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I am, so I am the producer, the executive producer. The co-screenwriter of Clara, I play the lead. Because I was, it's confusing. So... <laughs> Well, yes. no, thank you for clearing that up. Yes. We got it. No we totally got it. So, so okay. yes, we have Marie, who did a lot of work on The Uncanny, which was a film uh, for the Horror, Horror Hound Film Fest. Um, and she won a Best Actress at Horror Hound, or uh, Best Lead Role, and then uh, a bunch of other amazing awards over the last couple months in other places. So we're very thankful to have you, Marie, and we're very excited to talk about your film today. Good, and there's and Clara's sitting right next to me. Hi, Clara. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we are uh, very excited to have you guys today and to talk about your film and all things. We, we kind of talk about whatever. It's kind of like a coffee cafe talk, so. Great. We're looking forward to it. <laughs> all right, so um, first off, just to ask you guys really quick, um, how did you guys hear about Horror Hound and what made you guys want to submit your film? Oh, we had. I mean, Horror Hound is it's really well known as as a great reputation as one of the best horror festival and you know, and uh, horror convention in the country, and uh, we definitely wanted to to try for horror genre uh, festival. So we decided to give it a shot, and we're we're thrilled we did because we had an absolutely amazing time. We we yes. met. Oh, uh huh. 
one of the best festivals we've been to. Yeah, like, we met not only we saw amazing movies, but we, we make great, you know, connections and friends. I mean, the, the whole community that was there was so supportive. It was unbelievable. We didn't expect that at all. Because we thought, we're actually, to be honest with you, we were a little bit nervous because we had people telling us when we, we screened the rough cut of The Uncanny to friends for feedback, they said, this is not a horror movie. We don't know what it is, but it's not a horror movie. <laughs> and, then, and then we thought, oh my God. And then when we had a, a private screening at the movie theater for the cast, you know, crew and friends of, of everyone, then people say, oh no, now you have a, a horror movie. So we thought, well, maybe, but we're not, it's obviously a slasher film. It's more of the old school, uh, psychological horror genre, you know, uh, so we thought, well, maybe we're not spooky enough or whatever for the festival, but the reception has been terrific. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, it's it's 100% a horror film. It's kind of like that discussion where people talk about Silence of the Lambs, Silence of the Lambs being a horror film. And I'm like, you know, psychological horror is still horror, regardless. Yeah. So. And it's. Yeah, and it's uh, Claire and I's favorite genre of horror because it stays with you and you think mm -hmm. about it, talk about it, you know? Absolutely. I love a good movie that stays with me where I'm like, either what the fuck happened or that was very moving, I guess would be a powerful and moving, which powerful and moving was your guys' film, that's for sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I cried a lot, so thanks for that. But, um... <laughs> Aww, that was the goal! <laughs> also, like, seriously, Marie, your character was cracking me up half the time. I absolutely loved your character so much. Oh, thank you. Well, you know what? We, I know people were a little surprised uh, to, that we mix horror and, and comedy and, and heavy, heavy, heavy drama, but because of the experience we have with the depression, and we'll talk about that further in the conversation, it was a very personal movie. It was very important to send a message out there that even people who have suicidal ideation or struggle with depression still have the ability to laugh. Mm -hmm. And we still have a sense of humor. Oh, no, I appreciate the humor in it because, believe me, I needed it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> very much appreciate that humor. Um, but yeah, you were, you were going with what you were saying. Well, no, that's John Clara. I mean, that's, uh, we can talk like about Kate Spade, for example, when, when the designer Kate Spade, uh, commits suicide, people are saying, oh, but she looks so happy and her design is so bright and colorful and right. blah, blah, blah. When we had made a, uh, proof of concept, um, well before, uh, we went into filming. And it was before Kate Spade suicide, and I remember I filled uh, the set with all of these uh, Kate Spade novelty bags, and everyone, uh, the crew, and everyone thought it was like this very odd choice. And I made everything very like candy-like and um, sort of very bright, yeah, you know. childlike and happy, and. Uh, and everyone thought it was this like very odd choice. And then literally a few months later, Kate Spade um, died. So I, it was sort of this odd realizing that I was on the right track with that. Well, since you guys are talking about it now, would you like to share um, 
the idea behind the film since you said it was such a personal film for you? I can't go ahead. You want to start? You want to start? Decide. Okay. Um, well, the, the, impetus, uh, the impetus for the, the story itself was um, a little, a little, the little doll in the film that's a little box that I found, my character Zuzu found in the basement. Uh, it's something I found in a thrift store close to Palm Springs years ago. And it was only like $5, but somehow I thought, oh my God, this is so beautiful. What is it? And I knew it was really special. And when uh, I, 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 I got online, I did a search with based on the picture, and it's something that he called grave dolls. And he used to put them uh, in, during the Victorian era. Parents uh, would have artists make little dolls, which would be a replica of their dead child. And they would clip a, a, a hair from from the, their child to put on the doll, and uh, they would put those uh, by the grave of their child to keep company with the child in the grave. But sometimes parents were so heartbroken they couldn't let go of the doll and they held on to it, and very few remain. And you can, can usually just find them in the museum. And I was just really lucky. I found one in a very very dusty like a little thrift stores on my way to Palm Spring on a road trip. And that's when the wheels start turning. And then I had worked with, um, I work as a mental health counselor with, with abused children and teens for like 20 years. So I, I uh, also was very close to young people struggle with deep depression and ideation. So that was something very familiar to me. And also, my parents passed away uh, within a year of each other in 2015 and 16. And I started experiencing a really odd, I'm not, I've never been suicidal. And then I started experiencing this odd presence that would wake me up early in the morning, around 3, 4 in the morning. It, 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 sort of, it was kind of between dream and being awake and telling me to, to, to commit suicide, basically. And the idea was very comforting to me and the present was kind of feminine presence that come to me and then I would totally wake up and say oh my god my god what happened and it went on and on and on for like about three years only one particular bedroom when I would travel when that happened so all that together uh sort of it was it was gonna be a short at first and uh my boyfriend who is an, was an editor he also plays my boyfriend in the film uh, look at me said, no, this is not a short, it is a feature. So I told him, I've never written a short. I mean, come on, mama. he said, go, go ahead, write a feature. And my daughter, Claire, who's a terrific writer, uh, had her own issue uh, with depression. I, I asked her, do you want to join me on this journey? And she did. Claire? Yeah, um, I knew right away that it was a, a feature as well. Um, there was just no way that it could be contained within a short. Um, and I was really ambivalent about coming on for, uh, from the onset, I, I wasn't sure that uh, the subject matter would be appropriate for the genre. But as I started to think about it more, it really seemed actually like it was the perfect vehicle. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, uh, it's kind of funny how things are serendipitous like that, like you finding that doll and then you coming up right. with it and just kind of the pieces just kind of fell together for you guys, which is awesome because it's such a wonderful movie. 
I was like, wait, until you feel, yeah, it, it was a, uh, it was very difficult for me, Clara, emotionally to, to do it. Uh, I mean, not in terms of working together, we worked great together, but in terms of dealing with the subject, mm -hmm. and it, it's, I mean, it's hard for anyone. I mean, in the first but, 10 minutes, I was already sobbing. I was like, okay, I need, like, a drink and something to go with this film. <laughs> <laughs> it was cathartic at the same time. And it's also the other part, because I work with kids, and, and I never, thankfully, I never lost a, a, a client from suicide, but it happened to my co-workers. Uh, and it's absolutely devastating, and it's not something they prepare you in, in university going to study psychology and therapy. And yeah. I, I talked to them uh, and to my fellow workers, co-workers. I also did a, we did a lot of research with that film. I'm a little bit kind of we're both anal, but that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we but we love it. So got the costume. No, it cannot be polyester because in those days, nineteen eighteen, they only had cotton or linen. There's no so no costume get that polyester. So we were like no zippers. I mean we're like <laughs> Yeah, everything is pretty authentic. Yeah. But we yeah, yeah research is oh, God. probably our favorite part. <laughs> yeah, we, we did a lot of research on on a suicide uh, throughout this the last century and each decade and you know, right. each uh, each character uh, ghost that you see, uh, we researched. You know, what were the the main reasons for suicide at that time and the Long women, um, yeah, the modality that they were using. Yeah, yeah. we did all all that. So, um, it's not something necessarily people will catch on the first uh, viewership, but we love the idea, especially with now with with Netflix and all those. You know, you can watch the movie on and on. Uh, we hope that movie people will love to watch again because we have little Easter eggs, and then we have things that they might not detect right away. For example, the other thing that and we hit on the net because we started writing the script in 2016 yes. is that we had noticed. I mean, it, it, to start to notice on Instagram the horrifying influence of social media mm -hmm. on women to confirm to a certain way of looking. You know, I mean, you get on Instagram and those filters and. They don't look humans anymore. So on one level, the Uncanny is a study, an exploration of depression and suicide among women spanning one century. And like fairy tales have different meanings on that other level, it's a, uh, a metaphor, allegory for how social media pressure women to look like dolls. Well, I, I think society and outside yeah. of social media, and so social media is sort of like a hype, very hyped up, um, like I guess on, you know, it's beauty expectations on steroids. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and now yeah. it's getting worse. I mean, what? That who's that? That 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 woman who um, was trying to like Kim Kardashian or something. Oh, I know. She died on the yeah, on surgery. Yeah, it's it's just awful, and they don't look humans anymore. And it's like, oh my goodness. So we had that aspect of the film also in there. That's a very interesting concept that you bring up, too, because, yeah, the whole everybody looking like dolls, I didn't catch on to why. I just thought it was, you know, just kind of because the girl had a doll type of thing. But now that you say that, I'm like, well, that makes a lot, of, a whole lot of sense, yeah, actually. I, I, yeah, there's a, there's a twist yeah, about why she does that, which we won't, we won't talk about, you know, but there's also yeah. the other thing we can't talk about that. Yeah, the, the thing about women, you know, 
looking like dolls. It's, I mean, you just scroll through Instagram, it's like, that's not normal to look like that. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and, uh, and then the girls at school are being bullies, you know, committing suicide because they're, they're being called ugly, being, being making fun of. It's, or boys too. I didn't want the, the script and the, the film to, you know, I didn't want to be like hitting people over the head with that concept because I feel like it's, um, and I'm glad that I didn't because I, I see, um, other, other films that are definitely going that way, and I, I feel like it can be, uh, it kind of limit, it can limit the film in terms of um, the scope of time, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I wanted it to, to be much more, to have a sort of timeless quality about it, especially since we go, you know, we're spanning over 100 years, um, and so the, the social media aspect is just, is something that, it's not. It's not a obvious. Readily, yeah. you know. It's sort of, you know, like Godzilla is about the atomic bomb, but you don't see the atomic bomb in Godzilla, like, <laughs> you know. Right. No, it makes total sense. It's like, um, it's just like a hidden metaphor, which I love because I love. I I don't watch movies, and neither does Becky. We. We don't watch movies, we feel movies, and we well, always feel, we always look for the metaphor. We're always like, what is the underlying meaning of what is actually happening? Well, I think, I think terms of two of women, um, to kind of, uh, to go along with the social media aspect of it, I, I think women in general us, have had very unrealistic expectations just of not only beauty, but just what defines a woman uh you know like just these very yeah, these uh, very strange these these roles that are uh, you know i'll speak for myself i i don't have children my husband and i chose not to have children and that's still a thing at almost 40 years old that a lot of people just do not understand the concept of and you would think in 2023 it wouldn't be a big as big of a deal but it's still very much this expectation and bravo to all the women out there that are mothers i had a you know i had a wonderful mother i have amazing nieces and nephews God bless that. That was just something I chose not personally for myself, but there's still very much this unrealistic expectation of you you still have to play this role of of being a wife, of being a mother, of doing this, of doing that and and just very unrealistic expectations that are pushed so hard on a woman on top of these these beauty expectations and and yeah. and your your weight, what your hair looks like, your make everything, everything that I think has gone on for a lot longer than I think most people realize. And I think that the movie even touched that in a way. Um, I feel like in the, I feel like the parts with May, with the little girl, with her mother, where her mother, she was so intent on um, understanding what a soul meant. And it yes. was like her dad couldn't, he just, he kept thinking that things were so frivolous and silly and, and like, don't, don't fill her head with all these. And the mother came more at this aspect of, well, everything has a soul, everything, you know, and, and a man just playing it off as that's silly. Don't think that way. That's so fantastic. I mean, I, I even saw it in that mm -hmm. as, mm -hmm. as a, you know, as something that, why not have that? Why not be able to have that? If that makes her feel better, you know, <laughs> just, just yeah, let her I'm think that, you know, very personal little story of mine there. I went to a convent 
for 12 years with the nuns and everything. And I vividly remember an incident where the, uh, we, were, we were had catechism classes every morning. And, and then we had, we were signed out a little bit basic biology classes. I remember raising my hand and I was about seven, eight years old and asking, well, if mammals have brains and this and that like us and they use them to do experiment uh, on, because they're so similar to us, I assume when they die, they go to heaven too. They have to have a soul. And I was sent to the, <laughs> the mother superior's office. <laughs> and what did she say? <laughs> I said, no, they don't have a soul, dear. This is only us, you know. So that really stayed with me. I never believed on the old, she's full of shit, got that old bitch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was a part of the nuns. I love the, the friends I made at that school, but my experience with nuns was not very good because I was always a kid saying, hey, the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. So, nah. But I'm glad that you, 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 Pick on that moment. It was very important for me. Yeah. The, the child pointing out the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was very much like that as a kid. And I, I kind of had the opposite, which was interesting that you brought up um, Catholicism. And I, my mom was raised Catholic. So early on, I, I was very sensitive to things as a child and felt things and was very much like that. Like, do animals have souls and all these existential questions at a really young age? And like, yeah. I, and my dad was actually the one that was like, it was very different. My dad was the one that like, yeah, animals do have souls. And, and my mom, and I think that was more of a testament to how she was raised where she didn't, it's not that she was cruel about it anyway. I just feel like she almost didn't know how to answer the question. Probably yeah. because if she would have asked that same question um, with, uh, and my, my grandmother worked at a convent around nuns. So my mom was always okay. around a lot of that. Um, that, uh, I think if my mom would have, would have brought up the same type of things as a child, she would have been instantly dismissed and, yeah. and just persecuted for it and no, and that's not the way it is. So she didn't do the same to me, but it's almost like she didn't know how, whereas my dad was more of the loving, comforting, yes, they do have souls and they do go to heaven, rainbow bridge and all <laughs> the, cause my dad didn't grow up with all of that. He didn't grow up with having to think that it was one way versus it was, it was this way. And that's the only way it was because of that's the way somebody interpreted a really old book. I guess. <laughs> so the way I was raised <laughs> in the Baptist right. religion, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But we were taught animals didn't have souls. Yeah. I'm sure my dad probably was, but he's just like, yeah, I'm not buying that crap. I, this is, I'm this not is how it either. really <laughs> It only took me twenty really is. twenty years to stop buying it, but I stopped buying it. Yeah, like, Jesus in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, uh, I think that I, I just want to. And I thought the movie was incredibly beautiful and hauntingly beautiful. It's about the okay. best way I can describe it for me. Um, it remind and this is interesting bringing up the horror aspect of it. It reminded me in ways, and I think visually and just kind of the way it felt of uh, Lars von Trier's Melancholia. Um, oh, yeah, I love his, oh, I love his movies. I yeah. love his movies so much. And I think that he is one of those directors where people don't know how to interpret his films. I I, <laughs> I, I really do. I, I think that's why I wanted to bring up in the vein of saying, oh, the, unca the uncanny isn't a horror film. And it's like, well, if you think, if you pigeonhole 
horror as just being this or just being that, right. um, then, you know, then it wouldn't be considered horror. But if you look at like the others or these, these, these movies that are just so hauntingly beautiful, but they're, they're ter they, they have very terrifying elements if you think about it on a really personal level. Um, oh, it, yeah, it, it's interesting how the, um, this, this sort of, you know, dialogue of what constitutes horror. Uh, for me, like, I, in, on, on some level, I almost don't consider, you know, like something like, I personally don't consider something like flashers horror, you know, because it doesn't have, to me, it needs to have that supernatural element. Um, but I know that a lot of people at, at, at the same level would say that, yeah, like the uncanny isn't horror, right? So um, I guess there's like different sort of schools of thought on, on what defines that. Um, but I've, I've personally always been drawn to the, the ones that either veer towards like a psychological or supernatural and, and definitely, you know, makes the most sense combining the two. <laughs> so, and something and, that seems so real, I think. And mm -hmm. I think, too, that was another yeah. thing that the Uncanny brought up that uh, uh, Casper and I, we, our podcast is kind of a, a real broad, a broadness of horror movies, paranormal, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of different things. And we have both, um, quote unquote, ghost hunted and have been to places together where we've had paranormal experiences. We have both also have had... Oh our own paranormal experiences separate from one another. I had a lot in my childhood growing up and a lot of different things that have happened that I think that uh, if you can blend psychological with paranormal, there's very real aspects to that. Whereas a slasher, it's like Jason's never going to happen. Michael Myers is never going to happen. <laughs> Freddy's never going to happen. These are fun, right? Like they're fun. We grew up with these movies. They're fun. They're yeah. campy. They're goofy, yeah. whatever. Like this is, this could never happen though. Like this is never yeah. happening in real life, but something like the uncanny where you do blend these is she seeing ghosts how are these ghosts affecting how does this house yeah. what is the meaning what is the symbolism behind all these different things the psychological aspects of it i i think that 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 feels so real anything that feels so real is terrifying to me well, yeah i i think it's also you know it goes back to really the like the like 101 history for horror too, yes. right? That sort of gothic horrors. That's really where it starts. Um, and that's, for me, that's where I would, I, I wanted to explore that in, in a modern contemporary way. Um, so yeah, the, the, I, I totally agree. There's also, I think this aspect of, um, so, you know, sometimes things that, for me, things that are, a bit more, um, like not abstract, but like things things that are more fluid. No, no. Go if you have something to say. I'm trying to put my oh, thoughts together. <laughs> when you can't find the right word, I yeah. hate that. <laughs> the thing that for a, to, to to me, and I think of, to me the most horrific things, like you said it so well. Yeah, we know monsters don't exist exist, you know what I mean? Like most of blue look whatever. But the most but but deep depression, severe the most horrific thing a horrific me is is right. it's what comes from within. Right. And yes. that's 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 Poe that said yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why psychological paranormal has always been my favorite genre because I'm obsessed with paranormal. Like Becky said, you know, I also grew up with a lot of paranormal experiences myself with my grandpa. He passed away in 85 and he lived, he was with my grandma in her house. And Mm. I experienced my grandpa a few times and um, it's just honestly grown since then. But like the first person the first movie that I ever really saw that was psychological paranormal, I apologize. If you can hear my stomach growling, I don't know what's happening. I ate today. (laughs) I'm like, I ate today and it's just being really loud. Um, But no, one of the first paranormal psychological movies that I specifically remember was the others, which you even mentioned. And like, that was just, I was like, I love this. And that movie is so sad too. It is. If you really think about it, like it's terrifying. And, and, Please, guys, take no offense to this with the uncanny. And this is really more of my thing. Um, I I suffered a, I had a, I lost my uh, father-in-law not even a year ago. I have had a lot of grief and trauma in the last 10 years. I've lost a lot of people very close to me. This movie was very difficult for me to watch. I don't, I don't mean that in the wrong, oh God, please don't take that the wrong. It was, it was difficult, but I'm glad I watched it. And that's why I'm glad we're talking. I, I have a lot of depression and a lot of different things in in my past with mental health and hospitals and all those kinds of things. So I, it, it brought up a lot for me, um, that I had dealt with, but I, you know, no, no clap, no chapter is ever completely closed Mm -hmm. with things like that. And I think that it's a good thing that I can watch something like, like your film and feel so deeply of all these things in my personal life that I connected with, with the film that by the end of it, I, I was so sad, <laughs> but um, for my own reasons though. And I, and I feel, and th- that is no takeaway to how incredible, please everybody see this, especially, and I really, this is a takeaway. If you have gone through something, mm-hmm. I think this film is really important to watch. I think if you are grieving, I think if you have lost somebody, I think if you do have trauma, I think if, I think it's, I think this, and especially in the horror genre, I think films like this are so important because trauma is horrific. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying and it lingers with you. It lives with you. You have your own ghosts. You have your own. Exactly. That was, that was another symbolism I saw on the film that I think that Trauma can yeah. create its own ghost mm-hmm. in you. You can become a ghost within yourself. You can, it, it, I, there was so much of that for me. So please don't take that the wrong way. It was so, I was so sad oh, after no, I watched no. it, I mean, but I was I think... so like, I needed this and I didn't realize I needed a film like this. And it really made me even more look at it. Like anybody that's, that just lost someone when it, when you're ready to watch something like this, or if you've gone through some trauma and you're ready to deal with it, it this is a it, this movie is so important. It it, is. It's it's very important on so many levels. It's important for women. It's important for loss. It's important for grief. It's important for trauma. It's important for depression, and so much of those things are so real and can be terrifying. Like bringing it back to the others. As terrifying and as scary as that movie is, because they're wanting you to think this is some like horrific ghost story, it gets to the end of the film and you're like, this is so sad. Mm-hmm. This is so sad what happened to this woman. This is and these children. This is so profoundly 
Yeah, it, it's very, it's, yeah. it's a melancholy. I mean, it really, le it leaves that. It lingers with you. It stays with you. And, um, well, to piggyback off of what yeah. you're saying too, like I have suffered suicidal ideation in my past depression, um, PTSD, thanks to, you know, a lot of things that happened to me. I lost my grandma not even a year ago. We lost this very close people to us in our life, what, within a week of each other? Yeah, within a week. It was within like a week. A, <laughs> it was like within a week of each other. Was, um, last, the end of last year was just was wonderful. Great. It was so it was great. Wonderful. It was so... <laughs> so it was, in a way, though, like, that was my first big loss. Yeah. Um, I had never lost... I lost people in my life, but I never lost someone that I actually looked to as a mother figure, someone that was a hero in my life. Um... So I'm grateful to Becky. She was very much there for me. It it it's still well, I, we were there for each other. You right. Were, I I had suffered. I've I've lost my mother, my grandma. I've lost a lot of people in my past. So this was just kind of another. It still hurt. Don't get me wrong. And I'm still going through the motions of all of it. But we were both very much there for each other. And and I think for you too, because this was kind of your first major. You never wish that on anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, to to go through any major life changing when it's a parent or a grandparent, that's, that's a really life changing death yeah. to, to have happen. And you're kind of going through all, no matter what it, what caused it or how it happened or whatever age they are, or whether it was expected or unexpected, whatever death kind of is this weird. And we all sort of compartmentalize it in different ways and yeah. to try to deal, deal with it. it. Yeah. Cause to be honest with you, I don't, I cannot genuinely sit and think about it. I yeah. can't, I still can't like, I'm like, yeah. I'm still going like my, well, that's why they call them stages of grief. Right. I think that's why they call them stages because you, you have a point where, and I think that's why grief has no time limit. I think that's why you can, you could go through one stage of grief for years Oh, like, no, I, know. I, I, I hate the term closure. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Thank you yeah. so much Please. for saying Please that. Vomit. Closure? <laughs> like, slam a door and that's it? No. No. <laughs> and then people make you sound normal if there's no closure or there's something wrong with you. No. <laughs> well, ironically, my I sister... love that. I just, I love that you, you said that because I had people... I've, I've had that so many times where people, and you know what, you know what I think that is when people say that, I think that's, I think those are times where people don't know what to say to you. Like they think they're saying the right thing, but they don't. Yeah. Debbie should shut up and just give you a hug. Yeah. You know, <laughs> listen, I have told so many people, whatever you do, if you've never, if, if you are close to somebody that just lost somebody, Please don't say anything. Just hug yeah, them. Yeah. Don't say yeah, anything because nothing you're going to say is going to make anything. And you know, I never better. realized that until I <laughs> just lost be my there for grandma. Them. Just I never, be there. You I know? never realized, you know, people were like, I wish I had the right words to say. And I'm like, now I understand there isn't. No, there isn't. There isn't no. any. And when you say they are, they are in a better place now, oh my God, I can't stand that one either. <laughs> I got that a lot. So my my mother had pancreatic cancer. So I got that a lot with with my mom. And I think that's what a lot right. of people get if they have a parent that's been sick for a long time. You get a lot of this. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, they're not sick anymore, and they're and it's like, well, duh. I mean, I know that. <laughs> like, like, thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> it's been 
10 years. So, I mean, I can laugh about, and again, this is why I love the humor that was in the uncanny because you have to be able to laugh about these things. Mm -hmm. Laughter has saved my life, literally saved my life being able to laugh about these things. But I got that a lot where it's like, well, no shit, Sherlock. She's not in pain. I mean, like, what the hell? What does that even mean? (laughs) Yeah, I know. So I have a really cool story I want to share with you guys, too, after the the loss of my grandma. I have this app on my phone. I don't remember what it's called. It's called Ghost Hunting something or whatever. And what it is, is it, um, I don't believe a lot of those things work, especially when they're free, because they're like, whatever, you know. But I've used it a few times, and it has been very odd the way that it has worked. Um, So I was, my sister and my brother-in-law, ironically, bought my grandma's house. Um, So they're actually living there now and working on it and stuff. But uh, I was dog sitting for them one night. All the kids were out of the house. They went out and it was just me and their dog. And I was laying in her her bed because they hadn't got the bed out of the house yet. And there was just this overwhelming, I'm very sensitive to spirits. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of peace come over me for a second and then the dog the dog started staring at the door and then looked over to where so there's a bed and then there's a floor and then there's a huge vanity and this Uh and their dog started looking back and forth like something was pacing in front of that vanity and I was like what do you see and she was just very calm about it and she was just chill and I was like you know what for the hell of it I'm gonna pull this ghost hunting app out and see what happens so to preface this, probably one of the last conversations that me and my grandmother had, uh, she called me handsome. She told me that I was handsome and um, I'm gender fluid, so I loved it. And uh, she said that she loved my hat that I was wearing. And uh, she said, you're handsome and you're beautiful. And that was one of the last conversations Aww. that we had. So I pull the app up. And I kid you not, the first word that popped up was handsome. Wow. And I was like. That is an unbelievable story. I have chills telling you this right now. And I was like, oh, it gets better. And um, <laughs> and I said, um, hi, Grandma. And then the word hello came over. And then I said, how are you doing? And the word thrive popped up. Oh. And I was like, you're thriving. Of course you're thriving. (laughs) I was like, my grandma was 96 years old and she was a beast of a woman. Like she told you how it was. She's like, if you were having a bad hair day, she's like, your hair looks terrible. Like she was very, uh, one of the nicest people you could ever meet. She was the absolute definition of the actual word Christian. She was very, very wonderful woman. And of course you're thriving. I'm not surprised that you're thriving. And I just started crying. And I was like, thank you for that. I'm so glad that you're doing well. And I still feel her with me. But, like, yeah. I had to share that with you guys. Because that was, like, that is, that is a really it was wild. House. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of, of, of haunted house, let me give you a little, a little thing about her. her. So yeah. when Clara and I wrote this, started writing the script for a movie, I lived in a different house, a Craftsman style house. Uh, and then, uh, out of pure, pure luck and the stars lining up, my dream house came up for sale. And I have just gotten my divorce settlement from Clara's father. And I thought, holy shit. And I went, I, 
we went toward the house and met the owner of the house and he's sitting down and he said i just want to warn you this house is haunted <laughs> and my eyes my jaw pretty fell to the ground i'm thinking are you shitting i mean this is perfect for us you have no idea <laughs> so we bought the house which is where it was filmed the film then kenny's film it's a spanish style house built in 1930 now it gets better the original the first owner of the house was a German doctor. And then he owned the house, and that, keep in mind, it was 1930. And in 1931, the family who bought it is a prominent local family. They lived there for, for years who run a funeral parlor in Pasadena. And the rumor in the neighborhood is that they use this house as embalm, they were embalming corpse in the basement and the living room was used for funeral to, for wakes yeah. for wakes yeah isn't that great that's fantastic that's not haunted at all <laughs> <laughs> we found the original curtains in the in, uh, in the loft in, in the in the garage it's those really 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 heavy velvet burgundy curtains from 1930s which we used in the film yeah. when the governess pulled the curtain those are the curtains oh, and wow. uh, so it gets even funnier. The father of the, of May, the little girl in the film, he used to be a mortician. He used to be a mortician. <laughs> now he's he's a colorist with Technicolor. He did a great job coloring your film. He was a mortician. So he was our technical advisor on the film to tell us how Clara or his daughter should look in the coffin. He would come and position the body, the makeup. Oh my help. gosh! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first time he came into our house. I wish we had a a photo of that i know he walked and our house is a very odd door and he opens the door closed the door opens the door closed the door i said what, what's wrong with the front door he said this is so weird the way your door is positioned the angle it would have been to to let coffins in and out i'm thinking what and he had no idea that the house belonged to you know so we go in the basement and you look around he said this must have been an embalming place. There's a drain. There was a draining hole on the, on the concrete floor that yeah. covered up. Yeah, so, the floor in this room is yeah. sloped so that yeah. all the, the bodily fluids it, would run. covered up. There's still a fossil. So oh it looks like it's true. And he knew nothing about our previous, about the history of the house. Isn't that crazy? God. <laughs> I wouldn't have, like, finding that out as he's telling that, I'm like, great, this is great, this is fine, this is all great news, I'm so glad you're telling me this. <laughs> I don't think we've been able to share that with any other podcaster on, on the on the press, nothing, you guys are going to be the first one to get Oh, them. oh, thank you. Thank you so much. We are, believe me, we are so honored to find out that your basement was used for bodily fluids. I, I am so... I'm away with words. We shot at the, the, the scene when I go in the basement, you know, with the phasing out from the ceiling, all that kind of stuff, and the little boy yeah. singing with the mask and all right. that. The rocker, it's all shot in that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. That's gosh. actually really I know this is gonna be probably fucked up for me to say, but that's actually really cool to know that yeah. too. It, like it, it's like <laughs> the stars were lined up, isn't it? I mm -hmm. mean this is crazy. And the I think I don't know if I would feel that uncomfortable living in a home like that. I guess no. I guess if you don't I mean, I don't know. I guess to say it's haunted is kind of subjective if you don't feel like you're in any danger. Exactly. I'd be like, or, so we can yeah. live amicably? Sounds great. I'll take it. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid of ghosts. I, I like, look at them as, as, as sad. Like, I want to comfort a ghost since I've been scared of him. Right. And we smell. Because the, the, we've, we've had, had a. We've had, yeah. like, what, there's this 
know, but every uh, so often we encounter, it's really like, you know, the, that older, much older woman. Yes. That will just kind of trail around the house. Yes. And no one here wears Perfume, yeah, perfume, you know. Yeah. And then there's also this sort of spaghetti. spaghetti. We can spaghetti marinara sauce coming really <laughs> strongly. And the the the, the, the matriarch of the of the family of the the funeral parlor she died away in the house. We did yeah. research at the local historical foundation, and uh, she died in the house in my bedroom. <laughs> oh my I'm God. over here like could you imagine just walking in the house and being like oh dinner's cooking and then so is that the inspiration around? for the scene with the marinara sauce it, in the yeah. movie I'm just curious oh that's great no I, I think <laughs> you know honestly I, I just always remember thinking it just makes so much more sense for this this aromatic herb to be used in something that's more savory than sweet. You know, I never got the brownies. So I don't know. It was my own little thing. No, and it does. It, it really does. It totally makes sense, especially if you're not a sweets. I, I, we live in a medic, we, we live in a medically legal state. So I totally get it. And it's just, it's so much better. It's, it's right. more filling and but yeah. I, I why a would thousand percent. Why would you put that in a? I, I don't understand putting it in a dessert. Honestly, it makes sense. Actually, you know what? I bet an ice cream. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I never I tried it. Like, could see an ice cream combination. Be? I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> a thousand percent. I a thousand All percent agree. Salt. That my favorite ice cream maker no longer no longer makes it, and I'm and I, I'm still searching. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we love food. I am same. Uh, I loved. Um, there was all so. There were two scenes in the movie that, for me, I really one that was hilarious because I just felt like this needed to be said because that this is it's and it's unfortunate that it's still being used as a trope in movies, especially in horror movies, was the, um, oh, I can't believe I forgot her name because I loved her so much. The beautiful Keisha. black woman that's pregnant that comes Keisha. in. Yes, yeah. thank you. I loved her so yeah. much. Yeah. Love that woman. Yeah. The yeah. magical, like, nope, I'm not a magical Negro. And just <laughs> yeah, movied yeah, out. I'm so glad that you caught that. I, I was dying. So, oh no, I'm a black woman. I caught it immediately. It made me so happy because I have a gripe and I'll say it because I've said it on this podcast many times. I have, there's a movie called Annabelle mm -hmm. that I have an immense gripe with that movie because it, there's a magical Negro character in that movie. And there was absolutely no. Yeah, yeah, we, I think we, we saw, saw it. the first one. We saw the latest one. No, I think yeah. I know who you're talking Alfrey, about. Alfre Woodard's character in the film, the black woman that meets the family, and she lost her daughter. And It's the very yes. first Annabelle film. The first Annabelle film. Yep. The very yep. first one. Yes. Yeah. She is a magical Negro character. She, and then, of course, she, she dies. She kills herself. She sacrifices herself, and they try oh, to give her this whole bullshit story about she wants to be reunited with her daughter. Stop it. That movie <laughs> upset me. I was so like that yeah, is a clear definition of a magical Negro character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. and there was no need for it. 
There was no need we're, for we're it. We're not going to have none of that in the uncanny. We're going to have the opposite. She gets the fuck out of there. She's the only one that's smart enough to get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, I would be the same one. I'm a witch. I'm, I'll am i come in your house and I'll sage. But if you want me to do anything else, I'm out of here. Like, I'm out. I'll give you a little bit of sage, but that's it. You need to call somebody else. Mm-hmm. I am not saving you. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing that role. I loved that. I thought that was so... I was like, that is perfect. That was and I don't great. think people understand how important that was. That was all Clara's idea. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Really yeah. wanted to it kind of invert that um, trope. So I'm so, I'm so happy that that, um, that spoke to you. Yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it because I think we need that. I think that movies can just be movies. You can have all different characters. I It doesn't matter. You can just make them whoever. I, and I thought that your film did that beautifully. Mm-hmm. I thought that the cast the was diversity just, was The diversity really of nice. the cast was incredible. Oh, I love that. Oh, about, about the cast, I don't know if you mentioned that to you when we met you at uh, the festival, but uh, I... Almost half of her cast, less, less than half, 30% of her cast was non-actors. They never, ever, ever acted before, ever. Wow, I wouldn't have known that. Okay. And we did that on purpose. Yeah. Uh, something that's pretty more popular maybe in Europe and Italian cinema to mix non-actors and professional, and it adds me a different level. But the the guy, the, in, in, in Uncle, the, Duncan. Uncle Duncan, yeah. that comes on the video, and he's kind of creepy, like he's like, it's supposed to be a, a satire of... Uh, was that uh, Mr. Roger? Mr. Roger, he talks about the, the doll, the great doll yes. in life. He lives across the street from me. Oh my God. <laughs> and he walked in, our, we had a Christmas party one year, and I was friends with his girlfriend. And he, she said, I'm going to bring my boyfriend around. And he walked in, and I said, Oh yeah, my was- God, this is it. This is yeah. the end. It has yeah. to be the film. <laughs> That's I, like I you look that. like a character like how, okay. how people oh, yeah. just have a certain it, look it to them and it's like you yeah. need to be in a film like you just i totally you get just, that yeah yeah and little girl may she uh delight she never never act she was not a child actress we didn't want a, a hollywood child actor over no May. yeah she never uh, never yeah. ever acted even little school plays never and uh, we worked with her for she was very shy. We worked with her for at least two years, if not more. Yeah, because yeah. she, she was uh, the daughter of my daughter's uh, one of my daughter's closest friend. Did all yeah. The, we I went to the high school with her mother. We were we were yeah great friends and and still we spoken oh, that's to awesome. spoken in forever. But I've been kind of you know following her on Facebook and seeing her yeah. daughter, and she just she just looked like yeah, we wanted a we wanted someone like dolls, like those yeah. old porcelain dolls. Yeah, and it was so cute, but it was so hard for her to look at me in the eyes. And at the end of uh, the last scene of the film, where I'm, we're both dressed kind of like fairies and sitting by the fountain, she couldn't look me at, at all. I'm thinking, oh my God, please, Ella, you have to look at me in the eyes. It's so important. Oh. The last scene of the film, she said, I can't. So the school teacher, because no, we have that school teacher on the set, asked me, do you have any stickers of unicorns? You think really cute? So, yeah, I have a unicorn. So I stuck a unicorn between my eyebrows. So that's oh oh my god that's I will never be able to watch that part the same ever again because I'll be like she's looking at a unicorn she's looking at the sticker coming out of her head and she's nodding and she's looking at the unicorn yeah she had great chemistry with that sticker oh I love listen whatever works right Right. I mean if you can make it work you make it work and that scene actually um, right. Yeah, exactly. That scene too, that was actually the other scene I was going to bring up that I think was um, 
you know, I told I told my husband about that scene after I watched the movie and it we both kind of cried. Um because that oh. that scene was very much well, I think that's so important. I, I think that even in terms of not just in grief, but I think in trauma of and I've I've read several books and different things about where you can't move on until you let this baggage go. There was mm-hmm. and I love Marie, that yeah. line was just so beautiful yep. of somewhere. Oh my God, I'm tearing up. <laughs> Aww. Aww. I told myself I wasn't going to cry when we did this interview. Um, that, uh, <laughs> it just, it actually made, it actually helped me release, like, I'm, grief. I'm I was like, there was okay. so much like, about, you know, there's this beautiful place, but we have to let these things go yeah. or, we're, or we're stuck here. We will never be able to go to that, that place and that, I held it. I held it pretty well together till that line, and I was a mess after that. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is not nice. <laughs> I was. Just, I was a foo boy. That that did it. That was. Uh, oh, thank you so much for for trusting us on yeah. that journey. I know a lot of people. It's you know it's very um, easy if you're going through through trauma. You know people are easily triggered it's very understandable for them to not feel comfortable um watching this kind of content um so um so thank you for for trusting us enough with that and uh, and that that sort of yes you mean so journey. much to us and, yeah. and that particular moment is a, is a place based in a film where whether god or goddesses was looking up yeah. there for us if you want, I don't notice that, but you can look look at that little moment when I tell her we got to catch a plane. Yes. And then mm-hmm. she gets all sassy. She said, well, I don't know what a plane is. <laughs> at that exact moment, a plane flew over us. So yeah. that wasn't planned. That just happened to happen in the no, scene. That is amazing. And then Bianca, our wonderful DP, caught it and then she sprang the camera off from the plane. <laughs> I say something. Oh my freaking god! Yeah, this is, this is, I mean, you know how much it would cost to pull that stunt for real. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually incredible. A real plane, exact yeah. at that exact moment. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, that is incredible. Well, to be honest with you guys, like from the moment we met you guys, um, for actually from the moment you guys went up on the horror hound and was talking to people, I even looked at Becky and I was like, I want them. I want to talk to oh. them because you guys have like this beautiful aura of a vibe about you where you just and i felt that in the whole film like there all was of so it. much in that I film that was so beautiful that we have we really have you 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 two, you two ladies are terrific when we met Aww. you same i felt the same about you they arrived warm i feel like i know you no. Yeah, and you you've been cracking me up, Marie, because I love how you randomly text me like something that's going on or that something that you've seen, <laughs> and then you just randomly and it's so funny. I'm like, I absolutely love this fucking woman. I'm like, she is cracking me up. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit of an oddball. <laughs> well, you're you're among friends. We all are. So. I I loved I loved the I loved everything about the house. You know, and there was another thing with the. I loved the idea with the doll heads. There was like something mm-hmm. about, and and even something with the dolls. I've always had, and I think it goes back to what you were talking about, just the with the inspiration of the film with being this doll in the antique shop. I have my husband and I go to a lot of antique shops. We have a lot of antiques around our home. Um, we actually have a couple pieces that 
I, I was familiar, I wasn't familiar with the doll, but I was familiar with the, um, the hair being cut off and placed. Uh -huh. And I have a Good couple of, um, too. yeah, I have a couple of things in my home. I have a locket and uh, a framed oh, picture. Very yeah. Cool. That's so awesome. Cool. I, um, and I've always felt like, uh, now one thing I actually had to get, one thing I actually had to get out of my house because it had a terrible attachment to it. And I'll, I've told that story before, but that thing had to get out of my house. Um, cause I, I think that some of those things can carry, I think it can be good energy and, and bad energy, not, and not necessarily yeah. even like what they say, demonic energy, just like really yeah. negative energy, mm -hmm. like either from the person that owned it or the person that had it or whatever. But, um, I'm, I'm very much a believer in things holding energy. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They, they, they carry like a DNA, like a memory. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Very much so. Very well, much so. Well, it's kind of like a home because, you know, when you get that, you get that residual energy. Yeah. Where it's not necessarily like a, a, a haunting, uh, what do they call it? Residual haunting? Not a residual haunting. Intelligent. Intelligent Not haunting, necessarily yeah, intelligent, intelligent haunting, haunting, but like just because there's so much energy in the home, you're seeing something happen. Especially if somebody uh, lives. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So really quick, um, you guys, since we're trying to end on a better note, since the beginning was kind of heavy, um, what we usually like to ask people this question, and uh, we want to ask both of you, wh what is your favorite horror film? Now, it because the be, genre is so broad it's and so it's huge. so huge, and we get we love answering this question because we get so many different answers, and I like getting ones of movies that I've never heard of because then it makes me want to go watch them. exactly. So that's another reason why we like to ask it so do you have like a favorite um horror film or like cluster of films like you know how they do the universes you know how they do that uh what would be your favorite well cluster is definitely we were i'm really really big at the, on this psychological horror genre uh contemporary movie i love 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 the witch yes oh, oh my god yes <laughs> yeah i love it and old school, I'm a big fan of um, Polanski. Yeah. Yes. I'm unable to separate the art from the band here. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I won't go do that, but yeah. I was just talking know. to somebody about that the other day. The apartment trilogy. Yeah. That's a huge inspiration. And, and another film that had a huge impact for me, and a lot of people don't give it as hard, but I do, is called, it's a movie called Picnic and Hanging Rock. I'm sorry, say that one more time? It's an Australian movie called Picnic and Hanging Rock. Picnic and There's Hanging no Rock. Becky's There's looking no it up right now. But it's stayed, I said I was maybe a little bit more vulnerable to fear. I was at 14, but it stayed with me for days. They did a, re a remake as a TV series. You need to watch the original. It was directed by, I think, Peter Weir, who did A Witness. Mm. It's, it's just brilliant. It's based on a Yeah, it, okay, because I do know, um, oh, Peter Weir is an incredible director. I think he's the director of that, but it was his first movie. It's it's the music and just the way they make you imagine things are not there, basically. You know what I mean? It's, it's just haunting. It's the most, it is so haunting and slow pace. And it's just, just, yeah, it just stays with you. Uh, Can you screenshot that and send it to me? Okay, yeah. I will, I'll be watching that. See, this is exactly why we ask. Because now we're like, ooh, yay. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll find this and, and watch it. Awesome. 
Thank you. And uh, yeah, The Witch, um, that is one of my comfort movies. That's which is kind of fucked so up, much. but it's so good. And what's really funny is that the first time that I saw it, I was raised Baptist. I have a lot of religious trauma. The first time that I saw that movie, I could not speak for like two hours. It had wow. like, it like fucked my brain up so bad because wow. of the whole like the devil and everything. And now I'm like, this is one of my favorite movies. I love that black felt for president. I love this movie so much. What messed me up because in his human form, he was. Was that was not. an incredibly good-looking man. They <laughs> did that on purpose. That, that was a little difficult. <laughs> I was like, the devil's a little too hot. I don't... You're like, they did that on purpose. You're like, these people that make these movies about Jesus and the devil, stop making them hot. Stop making the devil hot. Like, just stop, <laughs> stop making all of them very attractive. <laughs> the, Witch is in, the Witch is such a beautiful film, and I think mm -hmm. it's another... It, it goes back to exactly what we were talking about, about these about as a woman these these expectations and you yeah. think of when that movie was set and she i mean she went against against everything you know you're supposed you're supposed to do well i mean at this point her mom's like you're a witch you're a witch and she's like i'm legitimately not but now i'm gonna be because y'all got me fucked up <laughs> like i'm sick of this family i'm sick of this bullshit i'm gonna go become a witch <laughs> Sure. Um, well, definitely, I'm I'm definitely in the uh, Rosemary's Baby class. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the really his whole uh, apartment trilogy is just a huge, ins huge inspiration. Um, and the other films I was uh, thinking about was actually, uh, yeah, earlier on I was saying like I had to to collect my thoughts, and I don't remember what we were talking about exactly, but. Um, it was something in relation to, oh yes, like the, the supernatural sometimes feeling more real than other forms of horror. Yes. And I, I think even further than that, sometimes I feel like things that are more, um, that really only the view was like a, a feeling like it's almost like impressionistic. Sometimes they can feel even more, um, horrific in a way like thing, things that you know when we were writing the film and even all the way up into the editing process um there was a lot of like back and forth with with other people in terms of like whether or not this even is making sense and are, are people gonna get it and there's so many different storylines and what's even going on and i i think sometimes at least for me those feel so much that feels so much more like life. Like life doesn't really, like most most of life doesn't really have this sort of like beginning, middle, and end, and right. everything gets wrapped up. And there's your closure, right? Like it, it, it's there's this sort of element to life where things don't make sense, and um, they're sort of. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Life isn't singular. It definitely doesn't. <laughs> Life doesn't go from A to B. No. Like, it just, right, it, it, it goes from A to point two, point three. It's not A like, to Z. It's, it, no. it's not, it's not going to be one singular no. line. Life will veer off in a yeah. million different directions. And it's kind of where, where, after it veers off in there, in, in all those directions, like, what, right. what can you do to kind of bring it back? Do you, do you stay on that track or do you, or do you bring it back? And I, 
I think the movie, me personally, I think the movie did very, very well with all of that. I yes. think it flowed well Thank enough you. that once it got to the end and you realized the connection between all of these mm -hmm. women and what brought all of these women together at the end, like the sadness, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the wanting to be accepted, the, the needing love, the needing just so many different things. There's so many different, there were just that, yeah. that even though yeah. these people didn't know each other on a personal level, they were all brought together in the end because of this, this yes. singular and, connection about love, too. Yeah. Sure about love, and it so. goes back to also what the the idea of you know the objects containing these memories, right? Like yes. They, um, they move into this house and they have they're going through whatever they are in their in in their lives and they're catapulted because of it because of this you know this object to an extent, right? Of the of the house and um, the the haunting in the house. Um, but yeah, so there's, I, I'm very into the, the horror that has more absurd, uh, loves David Lynch was, yeah. she was just bringing yes. up, um, you know, there's also, uh, Kenneth Anger just passed away earlier this week. Um, and I really loved his work. Actually, the inauguration of the pleasure down was one of the things that I was really inspired by when we were writing. Um, and you can sort of argue that that's not really horror, although I think there's some very horrific elements to it. Um, another one is uh, Meshes of the Afternoon. Um, that, both of those are shorts. Uh, another kind of anger one is that I just saw for the first time, actually. It's, a, it's amazing. Everyone, if... Um, Everyone who's into to horror uh, sh should definitely go and, and watch his film uh, that I just saw. Hold on, let me just look at this. I didn't really realize he had even passed away. I, I knew the name. I'm familiar with I'm familiar with him. Actually, I <laughs> I know how I yeah. knew about him. Lucifer Rising, the 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 Charles Manson yeah. connection between him and Bobby. But the, the unfortunate connection there shouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, and Scorpio Rising, um, I it's just one of the most. In, it, it's just so spot on and insightful, and um, has it, it's so applicable even today. You know, in the way that it, it's just it's it's fascinating the way he turns the male gaze on itself, and then um, and it has this really this this really com like bitingly accurate depiction of american like toxic masculinity it's and and it's horrific it is i can um, see why john waters was inspired by him i i, could, I love waters i i adore yeah. i i absolutely adore john oh, waters yeah. i i and that's another one where his stuff you know i i've I've mentioned his stuff and people have looked at me like I could like, I'm just so far off the wall. Oh, um, no, unless no, you're, no. you know, unless you're more. speaking in terms of like hairspray, because everybody knows, you know. Right, right. This one is mainstream compared to Pink Flamingo. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Film, exactly. This film that I, I saw that most people, I don't think, 
know about. It's called The Wolf House. I don't know that one. Um, it, and it's actually a I don't stop know that one either. That's from Chile. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I've never seen anything like it. It's really just almost like if you can imagine a meditation on horror. That's what I would describe it as. And um, they they actually do all of their, like, you see the animation happening on screen. You don't see the hands, but you see, I, I don't know how to describe it except that. You see the animation happening on screen, and everything is actually life-size. They literally just moved, they, they would move into these different locations, and the entire room, all these rooms would just become the sets that they would make. And there's just... Uh, oh my gosh, that sounds interesting that. as hell. <clears throat> oh, Excuse me. It's amazing. And then if you read more about um, the the inspiration behind it and everything, it's it's oh yes, it's definitely horror. It, I mean, watching it you can tell, but there's there's some reality to it that um, grounds it. Thank you guys. Yeah. You're giving us a bunch of stuff. No, I love this. We have I homework. Love, I love anything avant-garde and anything from a time oh. where people, oh, you yeah. know, we probably, they probably missed out on it. You know what I mean? I think there were a yeah. lot of movies at that time where I think people missed out on that I think is probably the reason why certain genres of films are sort of pigeonholed the way they are. Because I think people forgot about these really classic films that were really mm. haunting and horrifying. Yeah, I had no idea Kenneth Unger even had passed away. I, I and I'm only familiar with a couple of his things. I, I need to I need to reach deeper into his because I love David Lynch. I love anything that is just I saw Eraserhead way too young. Oh god and yeah. had to watch <laughs> I, I saw that way too young and was like, oh my God, what did I just watch? But it didn't turn right. me off. <laughs> It didn't turn me off. I wanted more. I wanted to watch it again. I wanted to watch more stuff. So I think that's, I, I appreciated that movie for what it was that I was like 12 years old. And I was like, what in the hell did I just watch? But it didn't uh -huh. turn me away from never wanting to watch it again and not wanting to embrace more of his, more of his films. And that they, they're incredible. And ones that it's like almost, you know, like Cohen, some Cohen brothers films and Lars von Trier and all these other Ari Aster oh, yeah. and all these other directors. Do, do these movies have to have a meaning? I think that a lot of them are subjective right? to the right person. I think that that's the, the point that it's you, you 10 different, 10 different people can sit there and watch this movie yes. and interpret yep. it 10 different ways. And I love, I love yeah, yeah. movies like that. Yeah. I think that speaks Absolutely. to true cinema that it I means that. something different to well, every person that watches I, it. Oh, in a, I don't know how to pronounce it in English. Was shot in block test when you, you know, yeah, yeah. yes, you, different people see different things in those ink block. Yes, uh, and it's the same, absolutely. You, you see, it's whatever you are goes into that film when you watch it. Very true. Yeah. You ladies, uh, thank you so much. We we just appreciate this thank so you. much. This has been wonderful. We're so happy that this yeah. film is gaining traction and it, you guys have, it's been in, even since Horror Hound, how many other film festivals have, have picked it up since Horror Hound? Oh, uh, is it two? Uh, no, we, three That's more. Three. We went to Hastings in South of England and when Greg, we won awards yeah. there now. We're going to, oh, a woman, uh, 
Nevada Women Film Festival in yeah. Las Vegas. So if everybody listen, you're close to Vegas, please yeah. join us. It's the, uh, from the, I think the 22nd to the 25th yes, yeah. of June at the University of Nevada. Mm -hmm. And we're really, really excited about that one. Yeah. Congratulations so to all of the goodness that you guys are receiving oh. right now, too. I'm sorry? I say congratulations to all of the goodness that you guys are receiving. The awards, all of these oh, other festivals. So, uh, we, we have to lose a few more. We're kind of embarrassed. I'm thinking, oh my god, I feel kind of raggy and tacky posting. Up I, know, I know. <laughs> we have three more, to, what, three more to put this week up. We're trying to spread them around because like, oh god, it's cringy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to praise, I don't want to I don't want to be the, that's, that's why Casper does all the, like, I'm, I'm very much the same way. It's very hard for me to, she does all right. the, like, press and stuff. For yeah, the, podcast, the social media guru. Because I, I, I don't, I'm like, I don't want to do it. We're so grateful to do, to do festivals, give it those awards. This is fantastic. But yeah. for them, it's like, well, well, my friends are probably kind of sick of seeing right? <laughs> I am so tired of seeing you boast about your film. Please stop it. Oh my god. <laughs> no, please do. Keep well, boasting. Is it um one more thing I wanted to ask too, is there any chance that at some point it will be um featured like it streaming at some point or physical copies yes. where okay. Yeah, we we've been already approached by uh, some distribution companies, and we even got a couple of offers. But we're taking our time. Yeah, so oh, good. For three months, yeah. uh, almost four months now. That's it. We're just starting. So we're just. But yes, it will definitely be online. At, at some at, point, yeah. yeah. Well, our goal is to do the festival for one year because having too much fun. We love yeah. it. <laughs> That's oh, awesome, God. though. That's, that's you know, but otherwise, it's, it's amazing the friends we're making. Is and to have the people afterward come and give us hugs and say and, and they say this this film you made a film about me about how I feel. Thank you. It's, it's the it, best. It's way it's better so than, than yeah. the awards. Seriously, it, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I I I I love to hear that too because I think that that's other people that we've interviewed and other people that I've met and even. I even had Henry Thomas of all people from ET tell oh, me I that love him. I was, <laughs> my favorite film ever. he told me that he, yeah. I mean, to hear somebody like him say that I do this for people like you, I, I, I do this for fans. I, I, I that left an impression on me because You're like, I, Sir, I love that, you. I'm like, Oh, you have no idea. I've been following you since my, my very early childhood for so long. Um, and he's such a sweet Oh, he's just he such him. a gem of a man. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. No, um, it's just, it does. And we were kind of surprised almost to see the reaction from men also. Because I'm thinking, well, men, well, it's, you know, it's a film that's all about women. And the aesthetic yeah. of it is very feminine, pastel cub. Oh, my God. Yeah. The guy's liking it. Yeah. So many of them. It's like. It's much more universal. Yeah. 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 Well, like I said, I when my, when my husband's ready, I would love for him to see this. Because I. I think that oh. even with the, the the feminine aspects of it and everything we talked about with the symbolism with women, I think that at the heart of this movie, anybody yeah. that has had trauma mm -hmm. and grief, Absolutely. this is so important. This is so important in saying how 
how this is this is bigger than than you than we're we're all experiencing this and there's there there yeah. can be a beauty in it and it doesn't have those feelings like i said for me i'm i'm so glad i watched this movie even though i had this oh, sadness i'm so glad i watched it because it Same. made me feel and i think that that's something when you when you the worst thing you can do if you have any grief or loss i think is shut away yep um and not feel it um i think that it keeps you alive it keeps the memory alive of the person you lost it's it's all of that when you when you feel it no matter what because I cry about everything. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm angry. I cry about everything. It's a healthy thing. To, to destigmatize yes. grief and depression and suicidation to yes. open up, to, you know, people comfortable enough to talk about it. Yes. yes. We had a licensed clinician, of course, who supervised our script and the film, make sure everything was spot on. So we got his, you know, his blessing. And then since then, we had clinicians, one clinician asking us to use a film training oh that's for, beautiful oh wow i, I love like, that oh my God, so awesome and that's our goal really with the films to open up let people feel come to open their heart and their soul and yeah and engage in discussions yes yeah. could you guys be more precious like, <laughs> i know <laughs> you precious human beings <laughs> well we appreciate this so much thank you i'm so glad we were able to make this happen thank um, you so much by the way for rescheduling i don't know what was going on last week but oh Well, we before you before we go, uh, you guys have the floor. Feel free, feel free, feel free to plug any of your socials, anything that you guys would like to promote. Uh, you have the floor to do that. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. Cause see, I'm so so. Uh, the handle for Instagram is the underscore uncanny underscore movie. Yeah. And for we also have the uncanny on Facebook. It's called I think it's called the Uncanny Movie. It's the same. I believe it's the same handle for Facebook. Oh, oh, just look it up real quick. See, we're so we're so slick here. <laughs> right, that's the right one, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's called the Uncanny. Uh, for the handle though. Well, what is it? It's, yeah, let me see. It's called the Uncanny. Uh, the Uncanny okay. Movie. The Uncanny Movie. So yeah. it's the. For Facebook, there's no underscores. It's just the Uncanny Movie. Yeah. Awesome. You guys are <laughs> you got it. If you guys if just Google the Uncanny Movie and right, there you you'll go. get it. You'll find it. Right. Yeah. It's there's there's actually um, we also have a website that's almost done. Right. So yes. Yeah. 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 Awesome. If you, you find the one that has a picture of a an illustration of a praying mantis, because yes. there's another Uncanny from the seventies, yeah. and that's yeah. not. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, then not that one. Yeah. <laughs> the one with the praying mantis face. Jar inside the jar. Yeah, kind of an anthropomorphized uh, praying mantis Perfect. with a crown. <laughs> Me as a person. I love it. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys so much for taking thank the time to talk to us. Uh, Sunday, okay? <laughs> yeah, you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, okay? Thank you. All right, you too. And good luck. Oh my god, I love them. They're so nice. That was awesome. That was really nice.
So big thanks to Clara and Marie for the interview about the uncanny. And I'm so um, sorry, Clara. I forgot your name. I feel terrible. I was no, like, Marie and <laughs> like my brain. It's not working. It's um, but thank you for that. We really appreciate it. And as soon as that's um, out for streaming, we will definitely uh, let you guys know so sure. that uh, a mass audience. Also, again, um, as Marie mentioned in Nevada. Uh, in June, so that's this month. Um, if you guys are in that area, anywhere near Las Vegas, and you want to see the film at the Nevada Women's Film Festival, I've never heard of that. I think that's so fucking awesome, though. Um, and hopefully it does just as well and even better than it has at all of the other festivals that it's been featured. So, um, um, so yeah, I think I think that's everything. What do we have? So for next week, uh, we actually have another interview. Uh, It is our final Horror Hound Film Fest interview. Yes. With uh, Mr. Kenneth Lawrence, who did a form... I am so done today, apparently. A horror hound or a horror film short Short. called No No Signature signature Required. required. Got it. I'm done. We're done. (laughs) Okay. Um, But anyway, it's a very good short. I absolutely loved it. It was a fucking incredible concept and i can't wait to talk to him about it but yeah that is next week and it's our final interview from the horror hound film fest interviews a huge thank you to every single one of you who have been on the podcast every single one of you have been wonderful and i'm sure kenneth will just be as wonderful so very excited and uh can't wait to talk to you guys about that next week um of course you know all of our socials instagram twitter and facebook all at dfwto podcast handle df dfwto8811 if you have any questions concerns want to say hey feel free to email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com and lastly of course if um you want to give us a follow subscribe all of the fun things um on podbean google podcasts itunes and spotify uh, you'll always know when we put out a new episode and it helps our ratings which is awesome and we appreciate it yes is that all of the things i think we got it also, um, just a disclaimer, you guys know the ad at the beginning of the um, podcast for BetterHelp. This was kind of a heavy episode um, towards the beginning. And if you want to sign up for any type of therapy, um, obviously you have to be ready for it. But if you think that you're ready for it, uh, feel free to go to BetterHelp.com slash DFWTO and you will get 10% off of your first month. Yes. Um, just reiterating that because this episode is very geared towards mental health, especially at the beginning, was very heavy. Um, yeah, the movie dealt, and the film itself dealt with um, suicide and death and grief and a lot of different things that uh, a lot of people deal with every day. Um, we talked about Kate Spade, and uh, I was even going to mention that DJ that, oh, God, oh, that wow. was so yeah. awful. Um, you just never know what's going on in someone's life. And um, if you or someone you know is ready to take that step and finally open up and heal, um, betterhelp.com is a great way to do it. Uh, And again, like uh, Casper said, if you listen to our ad in the beginning um, and go to betterhelp.com slash DFWTO, you will save 10% off your first month when you sign up. It's really helpful. You never have to leave your house. And um, and of course, the link yeah. will be on all of our socials and all of that course. stuff, so you'll have a nice quick to it. So, yep. 
All right, guys. Well, we, of course, love you and we love your support or thank you for all of your support as always. And have a wonderful week. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the original. original. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.